Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. She has asked both sides to submit written closing arguments by Friday. A 1958 Mickey Mantle jersey he wore during the Yankees season opener just broke records, selling for nearly $4.7 million. The buyer paid more than double the previous record for a Mantle jersey. It's now the most expensive baseball jersey sold this year. I'm Nicole Burley. That's all for News Nation Now. Thank you for watching. We'll give you a quick look at our primetime lineup. But first, the biggest headlines out of our nation's capital. The Hill starts right now. Former President Donald Trump's due back in court on Thursday, where he's expected to surrender at a Georgia jail. All this just one day after Trump says he will skip the first GOP primary debate. How exactly Trump plans to steal the spotlight away from his Republican competitors, plus the brutal backlash. After Biden joked he almost lost his Corvette and his cat in a kitchen fire while speaking to survivors in Maui, was this his Hurricane Katrina moment? And will mask mandates come back to schools as some colleges are responding to the recent spike, albeit a very small one, in COVID cases. Plus, electric vehicles boom or bust. Biden is revving up government support for more EVs, but is the push actually working out? The Hill on News Nation starts right now. And welcome to Washington on this summer Tuesday. I'm Leland Vitter, joined by Bob Cusack, <coughs> editor-in-chief of The Hill. Bacha Unger-Sargon, deputy opinion editor. I think you're actually now the opinion editor, right? I am indeed. Amazing. You get a promotion here on the show. <laughs> opinion editor at Newsweek Magazine. Scott Bolden, former D.C. Democratic Party chairman and legal analyst. Denise Gitchum, Republican strategist, former aide to President George W. Bush. To the panel in a minute. First now to Atlanta, two of the 19 co-defendants in former President Trump's Georgia racketeering case turned themselves in for booking today. One of them, John Eastman, the private attorney who was advising Trump on ways to thwart the 2020 election results. Meanwhile, Trump has announced he also plans to surrender himself on Thursday of this week. We'll get to the timing of that in a minute. Joining us now, Brooke Schaefer, News Nation national correspondent outside the Fulton County Jail in Atlanta. Hi, Brooke. Hey, Leland. Yeah, and so it begins. These co-defendants have started turning themselves in to jail here in Fulton County in Atlanta, Georgia. Among them, like you mentioned, attorney John Eastman. He was booked, processed, and then released on bond. He spoke with reporters, answered a few questions immediately following his release right outside the jail. Here's part of what he said. My legal team and I will vigorously contest every count of the indictment in which I have been named and also every count in which others are named, for which my knowledge of the relevant facts, law, and constitutional provisions may prove helpful. 
So Eastman referred most of his questions during that time uh, to his attorney. But we did learn a few things here, Leland. We learned that Eastman is paying for his own legal fees. He says he hasn't spoken with the former president. And when asked whether he believed the 2020 election was stolen, Eastman said, quote, absolutely no question. But all of this happening, of course, as we wait for former President Donald Trump to turn himself in here at the Fulton County Jail in Atlanta. Defendants in this indictment have until Friday to turn themselves in. Mr. Trump has said on social media that he plans to surrender to Fulton County authorities on Thursday. A judge here has already set his bond at $200,000, but it comes with the condition that Mr. Trump is prohibited from intimidating co-defendants, witnesses, or victims in the case, including on social media. Another big thing that we should mention that happened this afternoon, attorneys for Mark Meadows, former White House chief of staff, and also a co-defendant in this case, have filed an emergency motion here in Fulton County. They want a judge to say that Mark Meadows doesn't have to turn himself in to officials by Friday as they try and get this case moved to federal court. They have a hearing on this case next week. Leland. All right, Brooke, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Now with the panel, Scott Bolden, start with you. Trump release conditions, $200,000 bond. I, I still can't get over this idea of bond here, right? This is a former president of the United States who has a Secret Service detail around him 24 hours a day. Bond is not to punish someone. It is not to talk about the severity of their crimes. It's to ensure they show up. What, is he going to get on his plane and go to Ecuador? It's not about what he can afford or what his net worth is. It's about bail conditions, right? And so under Atlanta, I'm sorry, under Georgia law, uh, there are two issues. Is he going to abscond? Is he a danger to the public? So we can agree to no on both of those. Okay, but here's the other requirement of this bail condition. And under the law... And that is that he he cannot or is absolutely not a threat to intimidating witnesses or co-defendants. We know from his public statements in the past, he can't pass that bail requirement. And so he is lucky, regardless of what you think about Trump and the system, he is lucky that he got $200,000 bail. And if he intimidates a witness, so forth and so on, then he's going to lose that $200,000. All right. So we now have the bail. This was negotiated between his lawyers and the district attorney earlier. And he was free to turn himself in at any point, right, between when he was charged and I think it's Friday, uh, this, com- mm-hmm. this coming Friday. And Bob, somehow, in a shocking turn of events, <laughs> he chose a couple of hours after the Republican debate that he is not going to d- attend. Who would have ever thought? I tell you, it's very <laughs> smart. It's a smart move both to sit down with Tucker Carlson. Obviously, he's, he's sending a message to Fox, who has been lobbying him to show up. He's not going to show up. And now, what are we going to be talking about on Friday morning? Are we going to talk about the debate? What are we, are we talking, talking about, about Trump? Thursday morning? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly no right. And no. <laughs> and, and even though Trump has had some major legal problems that we've talked about and will continue to talk about over the next year plus, his campaign is jumping. His campaign is what? It's gelling. Oh, yeah. These are good. These are smart, shrewd moves. All right. I I, I need to read you guys a quote, and I want to know who you think said this quote, okay? Here we go. Prosecutors could always find a technical violation of some act on the part of almost anyone, but should never succumb to pressure from the powerful. This is a quote that was said this week or was reported this week. Who do you think said that? 
Uh, I don't know. Well, reading your notes is Christopher Clark. <laughs> this, exactly right. this was a quote by Hunter Biden's defense lawyer, okay, trying to convince uh, the D- Department of Justice not to bring charges against Hunter Biden, which we know was successful, right? We know that David Weiss was hesitating to bring those charges, right? Now, what I want to understand is why is there so much forbearance when it comes to this crackhead who deposited an illegal gun outside a school, who spent his entire career peddling influence, committing actual crimes we know about. There is so much endless forbearance for this person. But when it comes to Donald Trump, they will turn over every leaf to turn him into a common criminal. Let me give That's you what I want to know. Okay, I'll tell you the answer to that. Tell me. The evidence is... <laughs> Those cases are incomparable because it's about evidence. There's a ton of evidence against Donald Trump. He's facing 91 felony charges. In regard to Hunter Biden, they've investigated him for five years, and all they could come up with was some tax issues and a, and a, and a gun charge, right? And so as a result, I don't know what they're going to find going forward, but if the evidence isn't there, if you can't prove it, even though you believe it or you know it to be true, you still got to prove it. And that's the biggest difference. Guilty to that stuff and everything they're charging Trump with is not actually even a crime. I mean, they had to invent things to charge him with. Well, there are several grand juries that believe he's committed a crime, and the prosecution has enough evidence to fulfill the elements of those charges, those 91 felony charges. I, I hate to interrupt this okay. very fascinating discussion, <laughs> but Denise, and I'm going to get to Congressman Matt Gates in a second, but Denise, you're supporting Tim Scott, I the am. president. Isn't this the problem that Tim Scott and every other Republican presidential candidate is going to have on Thursday morning? I think the problem is something they should focus on exclusively when they're on the debate stage. Aside from making the case for themselves, they need to point to the fact that over 62 percent of Americans are not voting for Donald Trump in the general election. This is an electability issue at the end of the day. And unless Republicans want to end up with a Joe Biden and very likely a Kamala Harris presidency at the end of it, they need to think about who they're going to elect in the primary that can get them over the finish line. All right, with that, we bring in Congressman Matt <laughs> Gates. You don't get one more thing today. I, 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 you got one more thing a bunch of times yet. I get all the Snyder marks. Supporting Congressman Matt Gates, uh, who, shall we say, is a fervent supporter of former President Trump, is with us now. Congressman, it's been a long time. Welcome to the program. We're glad to have you. Uh, we'll pick up where Denise, Denise left off. Why is it that Republicans should nominate Donald Trump, who admittedly was swing voters. The polling shows this. The 2020 election showed it. Has some real issues. Well, President Trump's in a commanding lead right now in the primary, and I think it's because our voters understand the nature of the fight we are in. Let me, for the sake of argument, grant Denise's premise that if you had Tim Scott with a nice slogan and a warm message, maybe you could win 40 states and return to the White House. But would we have a government that's fundamentally different than we've seen under Republicans and Democrats, where the American people have been crushed, where spending has been out of control, where our foreign policy has been disjointed and where our economy has really put a drag on the American way of life. Uh, What I know is that when President Trump was there, he had a unique way to put this economy on his back to get it roaring again, to go after the administrative state with the deepest regulatory cuts we've seen in a generation, and we became productive again. So I think returning to the Trump years has a real nostalgia with our voters. And I know there, you know, Joe Biden and Donald Trump may be uh, maybe two uh, polarizing uh, candidates, but it's going to be a choice, and we think we're on the right side of that choice. 
All right, and, and reasonable people can disagree what happens to the swing voters, the difference between uh, the primary voters and in the general election voters. I noticed um, in the, the little icon we put up on the, the top of the screen, the producers will correct me on what we exactly call about that, the locator, it says you're in Milwaukee. You're in Milwaukee. Other Trump surrogates, supporters are in Milwaukee to talk to the media and make the case for Donald Trump. Why is it that you're all there and willing to come on and talk to any media organization about the debate and about Donald Trump's candidacy, but he's not willing to go on the stage? Well, President Trump would do nothing but platform people who have no real likelihood to become president. Now, Donald Trump's focused on beating Joe Biden. And uh, if you get on stage with people who are at, you know, one, two percent that, that I mean, poor Mike Pence is like clinging to the debate stage, um, you know, for his political life. Uh, all President Trump would do there would have people tune in to see him and would be uh, dis- disrupted by those other candidates. So President Trump, I think, has got some alternate programming in mind and folks who who are interested in his message will be able to tune into that without having to uh, endure whatever mumblings from Chris Christie are going to be uttered. Okay, well then why not boycott it altogether? Why are you and the other the other surrogates even in Milwaukee? Why not just refuse to even talk about the debate? I love Milwaukee. I, I'm here for the brats and the beer cheese, man. But, you know, we also have to win this state in the general election. So it's really been great for uh, Carrie Lake, played. myself to be with some of our great activists here who are going to ensure that we put uh, Wisconsin back in the red column. All right. Ni- 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 nicely played. One point, Congressman Gates, zero points, Leland, on that one. Um, all right. Last question for you. What, what are we thinking about the timing for Thursday? Uh, this is this is classic Trump, is it not? And I, I still like, look, it, it, this is a full contact sport, both primary elections, general elections. And obviously now we're seeing the, the legal fight as well. But what is what is the hope of the president? Just the, the live shot of the Fulton County Jail all day from on every network television uh, program, whether it be the Today Show all the way through Fox News, is going to somehow uh, help his candidacy? And, uh, not so much in the primary, but I, I still go to this issue of the general election. What, what swing voter wants somebody who has had to turn themselves in now four times? Maybe a swing voter who wants to see their 401k improve. Maybe a swing voter who doesn't want their kids' gender determined by the third grade teacher. Maybe a swing voter who uh, sees that some of the largest corporations in America are continuing to have reductions in force, laying off more and more white-collar folks. So I think suburban voters can be won back on economic issues, and Joe Biden's got real problems there. Uh, Certainly, President Trump would rather not be indicted than be indicted. But if you're going to have to pay the piper, you might as well dance. And there's no uh, a master of political timing quite like President Trump. So it will smother this debate uh, when President Trump uh, makes his appearance in Fulton County. But uh, we're going to be returning to Georgia under better circumstances to hold rallies and uh, to win that state in the upcoming election. All right. Congressman, it's good to see you. You are, as always, an effective advocate for those you support. We'll see you soon, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Leland. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Former President Trump's decision to skip the debate is expected to provide an opportunity for the eight candidates who will be on the debate stage tomorrow. Some could call it an opportunity. Others could have other words for it. And for some of those candidates participating, the night could be a make or break moment for the campaigns. 
And obviously, some have more to lose or gain from the Hill. These candidates have the most to gain from Trump's debate's absence. Bob, I love the Hill. It's so optimistic. Who has the most to gain? I want to talk about who has the most to lose here. Um, and I would, I would argue yeah. that, it's, that it is Ron DeSantis for this reason. Because everyone else is sort of either bumping up or kind of staying the same. Yeah. Ron DeSantis' poll numbers are going down. This is his only uh, second chance to make a first impression with voters. And if it doesn't work now, what can his campaign argue does? Uh, it's a good argument. He, I think, has the most riding on it because he was a he, I remember at one point he was a co-front runner. Mm-hmm. Now he is not the front runner, not even close. And, and people are going to be attacking him because they want to get in that second slot and then get right behind Trump. So I think DeSantis, who has just had, really had no positive moments for, from his campaign so far, uh, I think he has a lot to lose, but he has a lot to gain. Someone's going to win this debate, unless it's Donald Trump by not showing up. Uh, who's that going to be? I don't know. Uh, looking at their rhetorical flair, I don't think it's going to be DeSantis. He's struggled so far. I don't think that anyone who wastes a second attacking another person on that stage is going to capture the audience in the hearts and minds of Americans. I think this is their one opportunity to take the stage for themselves and introduce themselves for the first time, really, to a watching, expectant public who wants to have a vision for the future and not just the past, as Matt Gates was so kind to point out, that we are looking at a nostalgic perspective on America, which Trump represents, versus a forward-thinking future that's represented by a very diverse slate of candidates, which I'm very proud of in the Republican Party. Well, Leland, what, but what, what do you do with the moment? Let's say each of them have their moments. Whether Trump is there or not, their moment has to be to gain on Trump. He is still the adversary within this nominations process. And so without coming right at Trump or through Trump or having a moment about Trump, an aha moment, they're still all Donald Trumpettes, in my opinion. And by the way, even if you have a moment, how many people are watching Twitter with Donald Trump versus these Trumpettes who are trying to fight for second and hope for something down the line? And how do they max out on their moment if they have that moment? All these moments, historically, most candidates haven't been able to grow after their moments, whether they're Democrats or Republicans seeking a nomination. So I well, look you say, you you say most haven't been able to grow, right? That's because right. there's only one nominee per cycle. It's it's either you either you have a moment and then you ride that if rocket. They don't get a twenty or thirty point bump because they had a moment. For example, Kamala Harris, she had her moment against Joe Biden in the last Democratic nominations process. She was out of the race maybe thirty days later. So even if you had this moment, it's about sustaining it. And are you going to make real progress, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, and but I just the, don't think it's sustainable historically. All right, we, we look up at the debate stage right now, one Ron DeSantis, two of Vivek Ramaswamy, and he would argue uh, that he is on the ascendancy, and he is, if you look, you look at the poll numbers. You've made the point over and over again that the problem with this stage is that, by and large, it's a fairly homogeneous view on economics. Donald Trump being the one who has a different economic perspective for voters. Vivek Ramaswamy probably comes the closest to Donald Trump's economic sort of populist protectionist view. Does does policy proposals on this debate stage and talking about, well, I'm going to do this when it comes to tariffs with this country, is that really what people, voters, are going to be swayed by? 
I think that's how Donald Trump uh, won the presidency. Uh, the GOP is now the party of the working class. 75% of Americans who make under $100,000 a year are Republicans. 65% of Americans who make above $500,000 a year are Democrats. Okay, there's been a total shift in who each party represents. Who are the working class and what do they care about and what do they want? There's three issues. No more foreign wars, control immigration, and let's have an economy that works for Americans, for the bottom. Used to be how Democrats talk, now it's how Republicans need to talk and don't. That is Donald Trump's message. And so who's going to win and who's going to lose? Again, every single one of those candidates has an opportunity to create an economic agenda that caters to the working class. Will any of them? No. <laughs> well, and they the other candidates have been talking that much about the economy. Not at all. It's exactly. very surprising. They don't understand the GOP electorate. Yeah, there, there, there was a guy in 1992 had a sign about that, right? <laughs> yeah. The economy's <laughs> stupid. I yeah. think it was James Carville. Democrat. Yeah. There you go. Coming up. <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> hey, listen. Oh, boy. All right. Coming up. President Biden Touchy, facing yeah? backlash while touring the destruction from the wildfires in Maui. What he said, what he didn't say when we come back. RNC Communications Director Sean Spicer joins Dan tonight on News Nation. All right, welcome back to The Hill on News Nation. President Biden is facing even more backlash on his response to Hawaii's devastating wildfires. The, the trip there did not seem to help. While speaking to survivors in Maui, the president compared the disaster to his minor house fire 15 years ago. Take a look. And lightning struck at home on a little lake. It's outside of our home, not on a lake, a big pond. And hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife my 67 Corvette <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding. To make a long story short, everything was also fine in President Biden's house. Uh, Leland. Uh, go <laughs> ahead. Go in a moment that. of crisis, in a moment of crisis and pain and suffering, mm. there are those of us, when we, when we do eulogies, for example, for loss, there are moments of levity where we mm. celebrate the lives of others. Mm. Here, he was not trying to do that. I don't believe making light of losing your wife, and then added with the pet and the Corvette, means that he's none of which happened. What do you mean, none of which happened? He just he, he, well, the story two, he was telling. I'm just acting the, on what you right. But the story, wrote. the story that he told though about the house fire yeah. that happened was deemed by the fire department to be a quote-unquote insignificant fire that was out in 20 minutes. He was right. trying to identify with their suffering, if only minimally. And I don't think it's fair for the media to take shots at him like that. It doesn't make a lot of well, sense. What fair shots the are there to take? Well, his moment of levity, his reputation what about falling for asleep? empathizing. What do you mean falling asleep? During the, the, the ceremony, well, Sleep is asleep. necessary for all of us. Okay. Listen, to, to take your analogy a little further, if we're talking about a eulogy, you don't talk about yourself at somebody's funeral. That's exactly what this came across as. This is, listen, well, he failed massively. He should have stayed at home. He had one job, and that was to be the comforter in chief. You and he, criticize him for staying well, at home. Look, you, ask the people of Lahaina. Listen, let's not, even, let's not even bring our political biases to the table. Yeah. Let's just ask the people of Lahaina, and I think they've made their statement really clear. This, well, 
There, there, there he was. Um, okay. Why do you think he's sleeping there? He could be reading something. Look at him. He's just because still. Because he's always sleeping. No, he isn't. No, oh, there he is. See, he's movement. There's movement. There's movement. No, I, actually, actually, that was the, the most defensible thing because his team screwed up. They could have taken him at any time, but he was coming, remember, from California. So this was the middle of the night for the president. Right. He was tired. A man who's 80 years old, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, that. this is a huge huge screw up on the part of his team. Of they are really setting him up to fail because I mean even I in the middle of the night probably would have fallen asleep but this is an older gentleman whose team really is falling asleep at the wheel and I don't understand if that is intentional. I mean but this is a problem for, for Biden on the campaign trail. In 2020 he was able to campaign from his basement. Yeah. We're, you know That was not the best statement. Um, he, he, the White House mishandled this whole situation. There was like days of silence that passed. I mean, Hawaii is not a Nebraska. I mean, this is a blue state. Um, and, and we saw it even after Katrina. Biden took his time to get down there and stumbled in a Meet the Press interview. I remember because we wrote about the, the people who didn't the go down there. Vice president but he Katrina. was running. He was running for yeah. president. Mm-hmm. So you ha- presidents have to go there. And I say, honestly, again, we go back to East Palestine. He should have right. gone to East Palestine. He's never been yet. Right. And, you know, when you, again, this is... This was the, such a miss on his part. Whenever you show up and talk about yourself, and it's so small in comparison, it's about ego, not empathy. I just think it was about levity, and I also think that the scheduling piece, there's some situations. I've run a state party before. I've run business organizations. There's some scheduling issues that, in the end, you can't get around it. This is going to be a tough one. Yeah, right uh, well, but Scott... The, he was on there, vacation, Scott, right? You, I mean... He, he was he on, this was vacation. the second of his two vacations. But yes. when you're president of the United States, there are no excuses, okay? You, you want to say, yeah, well, it's the right. middle of the night, can't and on and, on and on, okay? And, well, you know, it, it was a moment of levity. It was a moment of this. There's two parts to this. One is being the comforter-in-chief and being able to, if, if you can't show the empathy and you can't have that interaction um, with the audience, then don't tell the story, number one. But number two, to your point, and I think to Bob's point when it comes to re-election, this goes way beyond whether or not you can kiss babies and work a rope line and on and on. The American people have to see, and therefore the president has to show us, that he is able to be the president 24 hours a day. He is able to be the president in crisis. And after two weeks of being on vacation, he can't stay up late to be in Maui. How does he expect to get through the Cuban Missile Crisis? I don't think that makes him a bad president because he can't stay up. I think the fact of the matter, he is the president 24 hours a day. And I'll be honest, at 80 years old, you have to make, and his team has to make adjustments for him. But that doesn't have what, what to about, do what about, hold on, let me ask But what happens about the, the times president. that you can't make adjustments? What about the times when it's 5 a.m. or 3 a.m. as the famous, the famous ad is, right. and the phone rings? Yeah. And he's got to get up and answer that phone. You're absolutely right about that. I'm not making excuses for that, but, but it bothers me, the whole ageism discussion about him being 80, because it's about his ability and mental acuity, and he has not demonstrated that he doesn't have mental acuity oh to lead this country. He does not. Okay. You may, he, can, he can fall asleep. He well, can wait, hold gas. on. Let me just ask that you a question. Because I, I, I saw Denise awesome act laughing. I'll, I'll just ask this in the form of a question. If, if often confusing countries and world leaders... Um, if often seen to not know where he is at various times and having to be let off stage and directed, if that does not show some mental breaks in his acuity, what to your mind would? I think I, we've had Republicans and Democratic I, presidents who've been older, Ronald Reagan and others, who've had those same issues and turned out to be great presidents. But also, I would answer that with a question to you. Point to one policy that the Biden administration has you know, taken on 
that you couldn't imagine any other Democrat doing. He is running exactly the kind of presidency that if Barack Obama was still in office, he would have done. Every single policy is like just textbook Democratic policy. So where has he actually like messed up in a big way that could be related to who he is as an individual? I mean, you don't I, really I, vote I, I, that I, individual I think, I think I think just he to be fair, I think to be fair, there'd be 13 gold star families from Afghanistan that were killed mm-hmm. at Abbey Gate that might differ with that. Mm. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean... That's too complicated. That was as much a deep state failure as it was his. Here's something that Scott and I might be able to agree on, and that's that what he should have done 10 days ago was grab Air Force One, get President Obama, who actually does relate to the people of Hawaii, and shown up and said, we're staying here until this is fixed for you. That yeah, would have been a win. Can, I don't think he can control that. No, you, no, no and the, the president but, can't. But to, to be, to be fair, you. the president can't show up somewhere and stop. But I think the point is made, why wasn't President Obama on this trip? The most popular Democrat right now in the country. He'll be on they, the campaign trail a lot. They'll need exactly. Him. They'll need uh-huh. him. There you exactly. go. All right. Coming up, vaccines, masks, and mandates. Huh. 2021, deja vu. They're back. Why in the world are we returning to COVID-era policies? That's next. All right, uh, this got the panel going all during all during the break. Uh, COVID-19 cases, in case you haven't heard from a breathless media, are rising across the United States. It's like 2021 all over again. According to new CDC data, COVID hospitalizations are up for the fifth week in a row, up 24% over the last two weeks. To be clear and to be fair, uh, the numbers are really statistically insignificant to what we saw during the actual pandemic. But that has not stopped pandemic-era policies from returning. 92 colleges are mandating vaccines for fall enrollment. Brad Palumbo with the Washington Examiner is with us now. Brad, it's good to see you. Thank you. Um, All right. uh, This is a quote from your piece. These mandates aren't rooted in science or public health. They're simply the result of deeply ideological campus administrators wanting to assert their control or signal allegiance to their political tribe. Which, for private universities, what is the problem with that? Well, there's two separate questions here. One is a legal question, and I certainly think if private universities want to set ridiculous policies, they're well within their rights to do so. doesn't stop any of us from pointing out how ridiculous they are. I think, I mean, look, they literally sold Dr. Fauci bobbleheads at one point. So I think the idea that there is an ideology or a program here is pretty self-evident because there's no scientific basis for this. I anti-vaccine whatsoever. I took the COVID vaccine. I took even took a booster. But I think that once anyone who wants one can take one and it will protect you from hospitalization or death in many cases. So that should be the end of the discussion. At that point, it's an individualized decision with individual benefits and costs. And people should be free to make their own decisions in consultation with their doctors, not make college students take it just out of conformity or political signaling. Right. And there's some colleges, at least one that we understand, have mask mandates coming back and the like. Um, 61 percent of campuses recommending the vaccine, 18 percent requiring it. 23 percent of campuses neither recommending nor requiring the vaccines. Oddly enough, letting college students do what they want. I I guess, Brad, this would be the question. Do you see a change, perhaps, in how the media is examining the, the new wave, if you will? Is it having been informed by 
the missteps and misinformation and problems with with COVID science uh, over the past three years that has been well documented? Or are we right back at sort of 2020 at the start where everybody was just going to accept whatever the CDC said as gospel? I, you know, I hope, I think it's a little too early to tell, but I, I hope some lessons have been learned, but color me skeptical. I mean, anyone still pushing mask mandates, they didn't work. People really didn't comply with them. Mask mandates were not correlated to better COVID outcomes, according to a variety of studies. And more importantly, anybody still pushing this nonsense just has no case. Anyone who wants a COVID vaccine can and should, in consultation with their doctor, get one, but then just leave the rest of us alone. I genuinely don't understand where this authoritarian desire to control what other people do with their bodies comes from, whether it's the busy bodies running on college campuses in some locations or people in the media cheering the, the comeback of mask mandates at a few universities. And thankfully, it's just a few for now. But I don't understand where this ideology comes from, this desire to control others when it's just you do you. You take it if you want. You make your own decision, but just let other people. But the media at least some aspects of the media, some journalists seem to have a fetish for this kind of controlling policy because they cover it breathlessly and credulously, even after the experts got so many things wrong. Now, dare I say mask mandates almost seem like they're contagious, or at least they were at one point uh, in our time. Brad Palumbo, thank you very much. Colleges are not the only institutions taking precautions. Mask mandates are also returning to employment areas. Lionsgate Entertainment is now requiring almost half of its employees to mask up it's Santa Monica headquarters. Uh, bringing the panel, Brad said he couldn't quite understand why there was sort of the, the acceptance of the masking hysteria and sort of this newfound excitement over COVID. Um, George Will was on the program last night. He had some thoughts. Take a listen. This country has an insatiable appetite for hysteria. People always like a crisis. And some people, Leland, like being regimented. They like being told to put on a mask. I think it makes them feel social solidarity, the tingle of excitement that something scary is happening. Uh, Some people just don't feel alive unless they're scared. That's pretty funny. All right. My reaction to this story is this. If you are a Republican and you want Republicans to win, you should be greeting the return of mask mandates like this. (laughs) (laughs) Because remember Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin rode to victory off of just the swelling rage of suburban Democrats who are being told that their children can't go to school and they have to get this in their body and that in their body and they have to wear masks when they knew full well that none of these things were threats to them anymore. This is what this, I mean, you know, liberals, Democrats, feel free to go ahead and push this, but you do so at your own peril because the American people are done with this. But it is not a political or legal issue. Mm. You have this overlay. Oh, come on. I mean, Scott, I'm I'm supposed to finish my point. It's called a health issue. Mm -hmm. And you don't live in this world alone or in a vacuum. And we know that vaccine saves lives. Uh We know that masks reduce the possibility. There is science out there that supports that. There's science that doesn't support that if you're. But do you rather be safe and then sorry because a million people died and people are continuing to suffer 
recovered from COVID, uh, long COVID as they call it. And we have, we know that there are other strands of COVID out there. I sit on the board of trustees for Morehouse College. This is a real issue as we lead into September as to whether we're going to require people to be vaccine or even mass. So you can do the political discussion and you can hate it all you want, but it saves lives. And if you don't, believe that, then why why take the risk then of spreading it to others and others can die, especially people who well, So why, have, why don't we just go back to lockdowns? Well, I don't, I don't know if we're at that no, point. No, every, not, that, no, but that's, that's the point. No, but that's the that's point. That, well, there's, there's data that suggests why it does or doesn't. But the point of the matter is, is these are all these are all decisions. These are all decisions on the margin. And you're saying, well, wear masks. There's a lot. There's a lot of research that said I'd masks. Be safe rip. than sorry. Well, I'm ma- sorry. What, what, uh, people what about die from COVID. People die from COVID. If you if you believe what, hold on, but Scott, COVID, what about Scott, what about everything possible what about, to protect yourself? What about and the rights of all you? what about the rights of all the kids though who whose learning was completely stifled because of masks? Kids now for mm-hmm. for many years, perhaps decades, are gonna be not have real verbal challenges because they were forced to wear masks. I what about their rights? I, I agree with you. I agree with their rights, right? But juxtapose with the killing of people or the dying of people from COVID as opposed kids to were allowing dying from them. COVID. There were kids, everyone, they were, oh, were dying on. from COVID. So, okay, so what, what's your alternative? No mask, no vaccine, let them go to school, spread COVID. Because science certainly says it was spread amongst uh, kids and adults. Let them all get sick and let them even, run the gambling on it. Scott, even the World Health Organization says don't, wear, don't mask kids. Listen, whether you're are you smarter than that, the World Health Organization? No, I'm not. I'm not that far into those health organizations. But what I do think is that you've got to do something because there's a compelling state interest to keep society healthy, and that's what these mandates and, and right, you got. Are about. You get the you got yeah. the last word, but we got to run. Coming up, uh, something else. Scott's going to have some thoughts on the push to go green. The government wants Americans to buy electric vehicles, but will the push backfire on the Biden administration? certainly did on one, I guess you could call it, administration in another country. As a teacher, I should know the answers. But with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, answers don't come easy. Steroids made my gut feel better, but they brought symptoms and risks of their own. A friend told me about the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and they helped me find a specialist. We talked through the pros and cons and landed on a new treatment. I feel like the guy with answers again. Don't wait. Make sure you have the latest info and the best plan for you. Spill your guts. Learn more at SpillYourGuts.org. In mid-2017, we received the news that nobody wants to hear your child has cancer. St. Jude made us feel that everything was gonna be alright. It's like an army of people working together, following the same dream, which is getting a 100% success rate for curing childhood cancer. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. 
All right, son. Time to put out this campfire. Dad, we learned about this in school. Oh, did you now? Okay. What's first? Smokey Bear said to. First drown it with a bucket of water, then stir it with a shovel. Wow, you sound just like him. Then he said. If it's still warm, then do it again. Where can I learn all this? It's all on SmokeyBear.com with other wildfire prevention tips because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the go. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. Join me weeknights at 6 Eastern for Elizabeth Vargas Reports on America's fastest growing cable news network, News Nation. At Doctors Without Borders, we put patients first and we go where we're needed most. We believe people deserve to be treated with compassion and dignity. We treat our patients completely free of charge and without regard to race, religion, or politics. And thanks to the 6 million people around the world who support our work, Doctors Without Borders will continue to put our patients first. How is your job to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then, someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Want to get out of just about anything and look like an earth-saving hero? Just use the environment excuse. High school reunion? Sorry, can't. Planetary obligations. Unfortunate bridesmaid's dress? Unfortunately, you promised the climate you'd buy more vintage. Chauffeuring teens? The earth really needs them to hoof it. The environment is always the best excuse. Find your out and opt in to cutting carbon. Just visit theenvironmentexcuse.org. Brought to you by Wild Aid. Now you can discover the mysteries of ham radio. Using modern transceivers, you can make friends all over the world. Even talk to astronauts in space, ships on the high seas, and flying aircraft thousands of miles away. Unlike phone users, ham radio operators talk absolutely free and provide vital communications during disasters or emergencies. To find out more about ham radio, visit us at ARRL.org. And remember, unlike the Internet, we crisscross the entire globe wirelessly. Why is it important we know the truth? Leland, that is an excellent question. That's a good question. Great question. We want people to think one of three things when they watch the show. I didn't know that. I hadn't thought of that. Or that's exactly what I was thinking. Well, depends on who you believe, but President Biden's electric vehicle push may lead the industry to collapse. Scott Bolton scoffed at that, but I'm just reading what the Wall Street Journal said, man. Okay, come on. They write, it's ironic to say the least that the U.S. is seeking to imitate China's economic model at the moment, that its industrial policy fractures. Around 400 EV companies have failed in China. Subsidies invested in electric cars by the Chinese government are creating an inflated supply. Meanwhile, a surplus of electric vehicles is also building in the United States, Among American car dealers, there's a backlog now sitting at more than a 100-day supply, not to mention, or I should say despite, massive government subsidies. Scott, I can't believe it you don't have an EV. How do you know I don't have an EV? (laughs) Because you told me. You just blew his cover. I'm thinking about getting one. Uh uh They're not very loud like my current car, but in any event, you know, listen, climate change is real. And 
electric vehicles help us reduce our carbon footprint. That's a fact. Can you convince the American people that that makes sense when they have so many alternative gas alternatives and great cars to drive? It doesn't appear to be working based on that report. But we cannot deny that we've got to do our part in reducing this carbon footprint. And EV, um, electric vehicles, certainly help that. Well, I love calling them coal-fired cars because that's what they actually are. We still get 66% of our electricity from coal. So we're just switching Mm -hmm. to a different fossil fuel. However, I will say that anytime you have any industry that's subsidized by the government, it's bound to collapse, especially when you have an alternative that is so much cheaper. Actually, it was one of the original lawyers that worked to get that federal subsidy for Tesla. And I can tell you that it, it, it's taken root. Like, there are certain areas of the country where EVs make so much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, there are parts of the country where it just doesn't. And I think that's what you're going to see. Everything we can do to add to our energy independence is important for yep. us. We should literally be taken advantage of every single natural resource and man-made resource that we can to get off of any sort of international independence on others. So long as it doesn't hurt our chances to reduce our carbon footprint. Listen, you, you and your fossil-fueled, uh, uh-huh. coal-fired cars, go at it. No, but, well, but, but there's, also, <laughs> there's also an issue of our electricity grid in the nation. Right. Everyone's like mm-hmm. talking about EVs, and I think it's a good thing, and I think it is the future, but obviously there's going to be some stumbling. But, but despite the passage of the infrastructure bill, we have some major work to do there. We do, yeah. especially in California, where so many of us have EVs. I love driving Teslas. Oh, you, have an, uh, you have an EV in California? I don't, but yeah. I have okay. a lot of friends that do, and okay. I've thought about doing it. And she's it. so kind to be so much sense. Right. It makes so much sense <laughs> there until we have rolling blackouts, which happens all the time. Yeah. So we have a lot of other issues to consider. I just think it's going to be really difficult for anything to get an uptick in market, you know, just expansion without a government subsidy at this point. Well, yeah, and there's huge government subsidies and still massive inventories of EVs. All right, turning now to the Idaho College murders. We're learning new details about suspect Brian Koberger's past. It's now reported he was kicked out of a high school law enforcement program after female classmates complained. Brian Enton's filling in for Elizabeth Vargas tonight. All right, Brian, six weeks away from the trial. Why is this tidbit about... Koberger's past life so important in what will be a quadruple murder trial. Yeah, this is interesting, Leland. We didn't see this coming. The administrator at his high school is now speaking out for the first time, saying that he was enrolled in a police training program in high school um, and that he made women in the program feel uncomfortable. There was an investigation. He was actually kicked out of that program. Is it possible that that will come in as evidence during the trial? Uh, we're going to talk about that coming up on the show. Also, another wild crime story, so wild that even you texted me about it today, Leland. Uh, the former police chief where the Gilgo murders happened arrested today uh, for soliciting sex in a New York park He's also been accused in the past of trying to cover up the Gilgo murders. Just a wild, wild twist in that story. Uh, we're going to talk about it coming up at the top of the hour. Well, not only did I text you about it, we got some serious reaction from Bacha here on the, on the panel. So we'll be sticking around for that. Brian, thank you very much. Coming up, the story of heroics off the hill. All right. A man who didn't even need anybody to hold his beer to stop an armed robber. That is an American hero right there when we come back. Tonight on Dan Abrams Live, former President Trump will be a no-show on tomorrow's debate stage. So why is the campaign sending surrogates to talk to the media? Former RNC Communications Director Sean Spicer joins Dan tonight on News Nation. 
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. My name is Michael Houston, Navy veteran and VFW post service officer. I'm encouraging all United States military veterans and active duty members to take advantage of the many benefits and privileges you've earned by serving our great country. Please reach out to a veteran service officer or your local VFW. You served your country. Now let your country serve you. For more information, call 800-827-1000 or visit Benefits.gov. Would you let other people order for you? He'll have the Samoldianese. No, I won't. So why let others make decisions about your older years? Do you want your kids or perfect strangers choosing where you'll live or how your money gets spent? Uh, no. Go to longtermcare.gov and find your own path forward. It takes you step-by-step through everything you need to consider about aging and all your options. Longtermcare.gov. Plan now to stay in charge or pay later. How about a mohawk? (laughs) Very funny. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. I see you finally got a new helmet. I did. Bought it cheap online. (laughs) Follow me. We'll turn off here. I'm right behind you. Watch the cars. They can be crazy. Was this young man hit by a car? Yes, and his helmet is smashed. It's a brand new helmet. It's probably a fake. Fakes cause real harm. You're smart. Buy smart. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Hello, I'm Jay Winnick. On 9-11, I lost my brave brother, Glenn, in the collapse of the World Trade Center. Glenn was a volunteer firefighter who died in the line of duty. Glenn's bravery inspired me to help start the nonprofit that's turned September 11th into a national day of service. For 9-11 this year, please join me by doing what Glenn would have done, taking time to help others. Please visit 911day.org to learn more. You're listening to Elizabeth Vargas Reports on NewsNation's audio stream. Available 24-7 on the NewsNation app or just say, Alexa, play NewsNation. Do you want to make a difference in your community? Volunteer with your local fire department. Operational and non-operational positions are available and training is provided. Anyone can be a volunteer. You just need the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. When your community needs you, will you be there to answer the call? Learn more about volunteering at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. 
Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Being an Army Ranger is a very fast-paced lifestyle. I was clearing a weapons cache in Haditha, Iraq, when the building collapsed on me, burying me alive. I spent six months in the hospital and a year of recovery. When I was separated from the military, I just felt like I was useless because I only had this one thing that I was supposed to do, and then that one thing was taken away from me. And then one day, I got a call from Wounded Warrior Project. They asked me to come to a workout, and I decided that I was going to get better, both physically and mentally. Now I'm a warrior leader. I create events and opportunities for other veterans locally. Wounded Warrior Project did a phenomenal job reminding me that my injuries aren't going to define who I am. And because of that, I can do anything that I want. See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma. Access injury. If you suspected your child's disability could have been prevented, don't wait. Get a free case evaluation. Call 1-800-645-3615. That's 1-800-645-3615. We need heroes these days. And Bachi, this one's at least gotten your attention. (laughs) Surveillance video shows a customer casually holding his beer. Miller Lite, to be exact. This is not a Bud Light drinker. Shooting a would-be robber at a gas station in Michigan. He apparently shot the man several times and held him at gunpoint until police arrived. Uh, the, the would-be robber, we understand, had a box cutter. And tonight, uh, on balance, the 7 p.m. show coming up here in an hour, we will have the prosecutor who today answered the question whether or not the beer-holding customer should face charges or not. Will he face charges? Got to find out at 7 o'clock. <laughs> what do you he think? said or not. I got to say, I am a big consumer of romance novels. Um, there was something about that man just taking control of that situation where he didn't even have to put down his beer to defend that guy behind the counter. That was a great moment. But if, you know, he had White Claw, it wouldn't have been the effect. <laughs> <laughs> men getting all jealous on the panel. They're like, well, wait, hold on a second. You know, I think this actually speaks to an issue that's going to, um, that if, that Republicans should capitalize on. Because if people... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.